welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey Kingdom Culture family, welcome to our online experience, and I want to say happy Mother's Day. I want to say a special happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the house, all the mothers watching, the mothers-to-be, the mothers that desire to have kids, also the mothers that maybe you've had uh, a situation where you've not been able to have kids yet or just it's not worked out for you. I want to wish you as well a happy Mother's Day. Why? Because all the women today deserve a happy Mother's Day. And so I want to thank all the mothers that are around my life uh, for being an amazing example of leadership, an amazing example of faith. And I'm just praying and believing today that whether you're a mother of actual children or even a mother of spiritual children, that you would feel loved, you'd feel encouraged, and you'd feel inspired today in Jesus' name. I want to pray, actually. Let's just open up and pray for all the women right now, all the women that are watching uh, this broadcast, either live or after the fact, or even listening. God, I just pray that you would overwhelm with kindness today every woman watching, whether they're a mother in the natural, a mother in the spiritual, or a woman that is just overseeing someone, something, uh, some form of mothering is taking place through their life, which really is every woman, I believe, out there. I just pray that every woman watching, listening, would just feel so much joy today. And even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of some of the hard things that surround this topic of the mother, God, I just pray that you would bring healing where there's healing that's needed and hope where there feels a little bit of hopelessness or maybe there's discouragement, disappointment in their own mother. I just pray today would be a day that would just be a reminder to see and find the good, even in the midst of sometimes what feels overwhelmingly bad, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Special shout out to my wife, uh, the mama of this house, of Kingdom Culture. Michelle, love you so much. You are truly inspiring, and I want to say thank you for loving our kids so well. You're an amazing mom, top-tier mom, and uh, for loving the house of God so well as well. And so thank you for being you. Happy Mother's Day to you. And of course, my own mom, happy Mother's Day. Love you so much. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 12 is our text this morning. And I've, I've you know, I've preached or t- taught uh, from this passage several times over the last I don't know, I'd say almost 20 years now. And uh, every time I feel like I see something a little bit different. And of course, there's so much revelatory truth packed in a story like this that you can draw from. 
That's what I love about scripture is you can reread something over and over again. And it's like a ball of yarn. Like you unravel a little bit and there's still more to unravel. You unravel a little bit more and there's still more to unravel. And in the kingdom, it just never fully unravels totally. And so, I mean, at least until you die. Actually, when you die and you're in heaven, you're going to have revelation after revelation. So I, um, I'm excited about this passage. And so John 2, John chapter 2, speaking of Jesus' first ever miracle. We have him. He's been baptized. He's, uh, you know, comes out in the power of the spirit out of the wilderness and begins his ministry. And the first ever recorded miracle that we see historically in the text, in the biblical text, is found in John chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. Okay, and it says this, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. The mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Verse four, Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Now, don't follow the example of that text because in this culture, in this day and age, to say it like that, that's how I hear it like, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Probably it was nicer. Woman, woman, what does your concern have to do? I have no idea. All I can say is that it sounds a little bit aggressive. He says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come, meaning it's not yet the time for me to reveal my divinity, for me to reveal the power of heaven that resides with me and in me that I am a representation of. It is not yet the time. There's a coming time, but it's not right now. Verse five, his mother said to his servants, the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. <laughs> Almost completely ignoring the comment just before. Whatever he says to you, do it. As in there's an expectation in her that something's gonna happen and something needs to happen. Verse six, now there were set, there's six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Potentially, that's 180 gallons, okay? That's a lot. Verse seven, Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tested or tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have all well drunk, then the inferior, the bad wine, the, the, or not the bad wine, but the less amazing wine, the, the wine that's cheapest, the wine that's cheaper, the first best wine is at the beginning, and then the wine that's cheaper because then people can't really taste it. That's what he's referring to. The inferior wine comes out. You have kept the good wine until now. The master is shocked. He's like, what do you mean? Why have we kept the good wine until now? Uh, verse 11, the beginning of signs... Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. This is when his glory began to be revealed, okay? The word manifested is revealed. He begins to reveal who he is as the glorious one, as the more glorious way, the more glorious covenant. And his disciples believed in him. This was a really big miracle. Verse 12, after this, he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they did not stay there many days. I see four characteristics in this passage of what I'm calling a kingdom 
Mama, okay? We're gonna call our Mother's Day encouragement today Kingdom Mamas. And I wanna explore four characteristics that I see that are reflected in Mary's motherhood or Mary's leadership as a woman, also the mother of Jesus in this text. Now, now of course, we're talking about the mama herself, Mary, who carried Jesus. And we can really take away a lot of insight from the interaction that she has in this story. And Mary is kind of a picture of, of a, a, a picture for all of us that now all of us, because of the gospel, because of what Mary carried and because of what Jesus did, we now all carry the person of Jesus with us everywhere we go. This is the more glorious covenant. This is the new covenant that in the old covenant, God would come and leave. God would come on assignment. He would anoint an individual for a task and assignment and then maybe leave. That, that grace, that anointing, that power would leave. But now, because of the new covenant, Jesus has made his home in all of our hearts. And so we are carriers of Jesus all the time. And so, But we're going to really hone in on um, Mary's interaction and draw some of these kingdom characteristics on what I think really makes a kingdom mama. And of course, there's so many other things, and we're just going to address four, four of them today. And uh, of course, in scripture, there's so many variables and so many other things that we could talk through. But in a message like this, we always want to highlight key specific things that really, I believe, will encourage and the Holy Spirit will use to encourage all the women out there and even all the men out there because these are things that all of us should aspire to. These are things that all of us should carry as characteristics of, as kingdom people, as leaders, as people that are followers and in relationship with Jesus. Now, like I said at the beginning, I kind of alluded to it, and I know just like Father's Day, this day can be one of those touchy days for so many people. Maybe you've not had the best experience you know, with your mother growing up. Maybe your mother passed away as of recently or a long time ago, and this is a, a, a sad day for you. Maybe you've always wanted to be a mom, and it's not worked out or not worked out yet. Or maybe you are one and you have an amazing mother. Whatever the case, it's a celebration of you as a woman today. The carriers of the children, the carriers of life, the carriers of hope. And you can be even a spiritual mama to someone. You can play a motherly, motherly role in so many situations. So let this be an encouragement to you today. Let this be uh, an encouragement to you possibly to acknowledge for the first time where your mom represented one of these kingdom characteristics. Maybe after this message, you're going to text your mom and be like, hey, you really exemplified this, this, you know, something I, I learned today on our Mother's Day message online. This is what I learned today. And I see this in John chapter two. I want to thank you for being this for me. Maybe that will be you. I would encourage you reach out to your mom after this. I want to highlight four amazing characteristics of a kingdom mama that I can see in this passage. Number one, kingdom mamas are present. Number one, kingdom mamas are present. They're present. John chapter two, verse one to four. On the third day, on the third day, there was a wedding in the Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. I know it's such a powerful statement. She was there. 
first key of great leadership is to be present. Whenever we're talking about, you know, training up connect group leaders and training up leaders within our culture, within our house, within our spiritual house, kingdom culture, we always talk about this value of being present, being there. You're not really a leader if you're not present. People need to see you. They need to be around you. Presence is felt. Leadership is felt. And so first key to great leadership and really is a kingdom characteristic for, for any great leader is to be present. Mary, as the mother, she was there. She was present and she was present with purpose. Present with purpose. It's one thing to be just present, to be in the room, like, and not even be present in your mind. You can be present, but not present. You know what I'm saying? But when you're present with purpose, you're actually intentional with being available. You're intentional with being present for whatever it is that's needed. This is, like I said, the first key to amazing leadership. Now, my wife, Michelle, she is so good at this, um, especially with my kids, getting into like such deep conversation. She's, I've, I remember there's been so many times when what could have and should have taken a uh, been a 10-minute conversation at night. It's getting late. The kids need to go to bed. My wife will take the extra time and she'll dive deep and really solve some of really big, maybe challenges or problems that maybe the kids are are processing. And I'll hear her sometimes from the downstairs going through this conversation. And just it's amazing to when she when when a when a mother or a father is present with their kids and the power of that of that of what being present means to, to be present with purpose. The power of being present on purpose, not just being there. Because sometimes as a father, as a mother, you can just be in the room. But like I said, not really be available. And I love my, my when I see my wife, she does this all the time so well. Uh, she's not just present, but she's available to walk the kids through their journey and process whatever it is that they're going through. And I always hear great things on the other side of the conversation. It's like, man, you really went deep there. That was an awesome conversation, even hearing from afar. And like I said, what could have taken maybe 10 minutes, um, maybe could have taken 10 minutes for the average person, you know, actually needed a good 45 minutes. And that wouldn't have happened if she wasn't present. That is a representation of a kingdom mama being present. So not only are they present, they are number two, strategic. They are strategic. Have you ever heard a question asked you or a statement made that really has an expectation attached to it, like a strategic expectation attached to it. Like you're at someone's house and you maybe want a coffee. And instead of just asking for a coffee, you ask the host, hey, do you feel like a coffee right now? Do you, are you in the mood for a coffee? Really, you're asking, can I have a coffee? But without asking, you're being strategic to say, hey, do you want a coffee? Well, this is kind of what happened here in John chapter two. Uh, it was a very strategic way of, making a statement of expectation. And that's, she says this, or, or it says this in the text, verse three, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, Jesus said to Jesus, they have no wine. Almost like, what are you gonna do about it? She didn't say that, at least not in the text. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? They have no wine. In that statement, in that observation, really was some form of an expectation that you need to do something about it. She was strategic in the way that she began to move and maneuver. And I believe kingdom mamas are strategic. They're strategic. They, they, they know 
how to maneuver around tough situations. They know how to, and this is, like I said, this applies to everyone. It applies to both mothers and fathers. It's really hard to speak anything from the Bible and to say it applies only to one gender, unless it has to do with them having babies, okay? So, but honestly, in this passage, like she was strategic. She had, there was an expectation that was attached to her statement. And it was almost, in my mind, it kind of sounds like almost like a sinister way of asking Jesus to do something. I mean, there is that element to it. Why didn't, why didn't she just ask? Why didn't she just ask? Maybe she felt like she couldn't ask. Maybe she felt like she shouldn't ask. Maybe, maybe there was, I don't know. I don't know why, but there was something so strategic in this moment. And then it says in verse four, Jesus said to her, woman, why does your concern or what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So like she know, he could feel in this moment, of course he's fully God, fully man, he could feel in this moment she was pulling on him. She was pulling in faith on them. I have this message called contending in the spirit of faith. It was one of my, I would say, staple core value messages back when I first launched out into itinerant ministry, contending in the spirit of faith. In fact, like I would say that the majority of the greatest breakthroughs in my life were had because God began to teach me about contending in the spirit of faith. And part of that message really focused in on what it looks like to pull something that's meant for a future time into now through faith, through unrelenting faith. And this is kind of what Jesus or what Mary was operating in as a kingdom mama, as a leader in this moment, pulling and drawing and Jesus could feel it. So he says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Like, why are you saying they have no wine? He could have just said, oh, great. We have no wine. But he could feel and knew she was doing something. She was up to something. She was strategic. There was an expectation of faith that was pulling on him to do something about it. Kind of like if your wife says to you, uh, the trash is full, we have no more space. That's kind of a, a statement with an expectation. Change the garbage. Or the car has no more gas. Kind of an expectation to change or fill up the gas tank in the car. Basically, can you do it? I call this strategic or strategy with expectation. So kingdom mamas are present, strategic. Number three, they're also faith-oriented. They are faith-oriented. John chapter 2, verse 5 to 6 says this, His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. So, verse before, a moment before, I don't know how long the moment was, but we are seeing this re recorded account of the story. A moment before, Jesus says, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. It's not the time for me to publicize my miraculous ministry and reveal my glory. It's not time for me to begin the work of God where people see the crazy miracles. It's not my time yet. And yet I'm feeling this pull. I'm feeling this pull. And Mary again pulls even harder. She pulls even harder. She steps into another realm of persuasive faith, of persuasive faith where she's not going to stop knocking. She's not going to stop wiggling that door handle until the door opens. And she almost ignores the statement of Jesus. She could have walked away and been like, oh, that's, that's too bad. It's not his hour. It's not, I mean, she, he's God. I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I know he's God. I mean, I carried him for nine months. I've raised him for 30 years. By the way, he's around 30 years old at this time. And, and, you know, so I guess it's not, not going to happen. I guess we're going to be 
we're going to end this wedding with not enough wine. And so Jesus or, or Mary doesn't even acknowledge that statement. And she continues to pull on faith because women, kingdom mamas are faith oriented. And she turns to his servants, the servants, and says, do whatever he tells you. Whatever he says to you, do it. Verse six, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of the purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece, which is, like I said, about 180 gallons, potentially 680 liters, which would equal a thousand bottles of wine. A thousand bottles of wine. Like, really? Do you need a thousand more bottles of wine? I mean, you've already drunk through the first batch of wine, and now you want to make a thousand more bottles of wine? Like, how big is this wedding? That's crazy. And so, they, and by the way, these these washing pots, they, they were used for, it was a ceremonial washing of the hands. And so it, this was a part of their custom. It was a part of their Jewish tradition and law. And so here they're going to they're gonna now basically uh, uh, use those pots that are actually very important for washing, and they're going to turn those that was with the water in those pots into a miracle. And so she really, what she did was she called out in the moment what was meant for a future time into the now. This is my encouragement to all the kingdom mamas out there, all the women out there, that in faith, I believe God wants to put a faith in you to call forward into your present situation what may be meant for the future. How do you do that? Have expectation. Be faith-oriented. Be strategic. Don't stop praying. Don't stop persevering. Have the faith of Mary like Mary did. And even though Jesus turned to her and said it's not the time yet, she kept on knocking. She kept on seeking. And the door was eventually opened. You don't want to mess with people like this. People that have faith. Have a persuasive level of faith. This statement to the servants was a picture of what modeling faith looks like. Whatever he says, do it. There was no evidence that he would say anything. In fact, from the previous verse, even more, she had faith. She had faith. She modeled it. I think we can learn something so incredible from this. It's sort of an unrelenting faith that I have seen in so many incredible women around our lives and around my life. I see it within the women of kingdom culture. So many women in our house, so many women in the house of God showcase this level of faith. And I want to encourage it even more in this season. Encourage to contend for your kids, contend for your husband, contend for your family, your future spouse, your future husband, and contend for your friends, contend for those around you, family members that are sick, Contend. Maybe you feel like, man, this thing is supposed to happen 10 years from now. Contend. Believe. Pull what's for the future into the now. And of course, you know, you, I don't think you can do that as a principle on all things, but I do believe there are things that maybe are five years down the road that by faith, if God gives you a faith for, that you can pull into the now. Because God gives us the faith. This is the thing. You can't just choose to be in faith. Real biblical faith, and I've taught on this over and over again over the years, is a divine persuasion of God that whatever it is that you're believing for or praying for is for now. Whatever, whatever it is that God's put in your heart, God gives you the grace to believe. God gives you the, the grace to walk it out. God gives you the grace. It's not just a, a human choice that you make. God gives us the grace to have the faith that he's called us to have. And so, I mean, there's been so many times in my life I know where I've just been done. 
I have been frustrated with just so many things. I know that I, I can remember and recall so many key moments where I'm just voicing my frustration to my wife about A, B, and C, and my wife's faith rises up and she, she's persuaded that something good is gonna come out of this. And it's funny because I teach and I talk about these things for a living, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, even though that is a reality, we always still need to be encouraged. We always need other people, other voices in and around our lives. And I love those moments when my wife just turned around and reminded me of what faith looks like in this situation, reminded me of what God has promised, reminded me that God is gonna turn what feels like lemons into lemonade. She reminds me and she represents these kingdom characteristics so well. So kingdom mamas are present, strategic, faith-oriented, number four, last point, kingdom mamas are influential. John chapter two, verse 11 to 12, continuing in this storyboard that we've been building on, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. His disciples believed in him. His disciples believed in him, not just because of what Jesus did. Yes, of course, it's because of what Jesus did. But let's look at what happened before Jesus did what he did. Mary, as a woman, as a kingdom mama, pulled out the best in that situation. She called out what was meant for the future into the now by faith. She was a part of that miracle. And just as much as we need, of course, we're going to acknowledge Jesus. I mean, he is the center of everything. We want to acknowledge the fact that her faith and her expectation and her leadership in that moment moved Jesus into the first ever recorded miracle in the Bible. Amazing. The first miracle was initiated by a woman. The greatest miracle of the resurrection was evidenced and seen by women. Of course, today we're celebrating women. And I want to encourage every woman out there that whether you feel influential or not, your life is supposed to be and is, even at times when you don't feel it is, an inspiring one. Leaving an influence on the generation to come. Leaving an influence on the people around you. In this context, she influenced the disciples' faith in Jesus by her act of faith. Your acts of faith in your life, when you believe Jesus for something in your life and you see that happen, yes, of course, people will say, wow, God is good. But they're also going to recognize that, man, you positioned yourself. You didn't give up. You persevered. You had an unrelenting faith. And your kids grow up seeing that. Your friends will be impacted by what they see you do. The world around you, your coworkers, when your faith rises up, it will be influential just like it was in Mary. Luke 7 verse 35 says, but wisdom is justified by her children. This applies to everyone. Of course, speaking to women that as your children grow up, Really, they will be a reflection of the wisdom that you had in raising them. And of course, there are so many other circumstances that are outside of our control. We do our best. We plant the seed. We do the best to water the seed. And in the end, like the harvest is really up to God. And life happens sometimes and things change. I don't want any women out there, any mother out there to be discouraged if you feel like your kids aren't in that good place. Doesn't mean that you weren't wise in how you raised them. But this is a great example for all leaders out there, all people out there, that whatever we produce, whatever our offspring looks like, I'm not talking about physical offspring, whatever it is that we do, the fruit of our life will be reflected 
in the wisdom of our life. Luke 7, 35, the wis- but wisdom is justified by her children. Now, remember that verse in the passage where the master is talking to the bridegroom? If you look back in verse 10 of John chapter 2, the master, you know, after realizing there's no more wine, the master, and then after the wine, the miracle of the wine happens, the master is talking to the bridegroom. And remember, just before I go on, the fact that in scripture, we as the body of Christ, if you are a part of the body of Christ, if you are a believer in Jesus, you're part of the body of Christ, you are called the bride. Jesus is called throughout scripture, our bridegroom. Okay, he's coming back, according to Ephesians, for a spotless bride, a blameless bride. We are the bride. We are the bride of Christ, okay? It's a a metaphor. It's a picture to help us understand the type of relationship we are to have. And Jesus is the bridegroom. So I want you to see this in this context. The bridegroom, or the bridegroom is having a conversation with the master, and the master's like, this doesn't make any sense. Usually... The guests drink the good wine first and the bad wine later. But for some reason, you've kept the good wine for the last. This is a prophecy that Jesus, this is a prophecy basically of Jesus being the better covenant. Okay, so we see this in verse 10. And he said to him, every man at the beginning sets up the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. But you have kept the good wine until now. Hebrews 8 verse 6 says that Jesus, as the high priest, established a better covenant, a better covenant, a better way. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 out of the Amplified says it like this, For if the ministry that brings condemnation, meaning the old covenant, the law, has glory, how much more does glory overflow in the ministry that brings righteousness, which is the new covenant, which Jesus died and resurrected to establish, which declares believers free of guilt and sets them apart for God's special purpose. So this was a prophetic, this was a a foreshadowing of the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus would be that best wine that would be saved for last, that under the old covenant, yeah, it was good, it was functional, although really it wasn't long-term functional because you had to continue to atone for your sin. So here Jesus comes to become the once and, and for all atonement for our sin, the once and for all sacrifice our sin for our sin, establishing the better covenant, the better way, so we could have a relationship with him, be restored back to God, be reconciled back to God, free of guilt, free of condemnation. It's a better way. It's the best wine. This story really is all about that. And Mary was a part of that story. Mary, this kingdom mama, was a part of that story. I wonder, all the women out there, what story are you a part of right now in so-and-so's life? What story are you a part of out there in your friend's life, your coworker's life? What story are you a part of right now in your children's life, in your husband's life? Like, we're all part of a story. You are part of a story. And your faith, your intention, your faith-oriented lifestyle, your strategic ways, your love, your influence, your presence, being available, goes a long way. And these are an amazing, all amazing characteristics of what God wants to do in this hour. God is raising up women to change the world. And so today we celebrate you. We celebrate women. Let me pray again for everybody watching. And I hope this encouraged you. I hope this message encouraged you. You know, on days like this, I try to keep it a little more simple, a little more light, but encouraging. And so I pray today, God, that you would just release 
major encouragement to every woman watching. That God, where there's pain, where there's um, a sensitivity on this day, I just pray that you would overwhelm them with your love. God, overwhelm them with a grace, a strength, comfort, counsel. God, I pray that you would come in and just make them feel like you're just wrapping your arms around them. I pray that they would have an encounter with you today, even right now as they're watching or as they're listening, that they'd have an encounter with you. God, I pray that you would just show your kindness to them today. Maybe maybe that kindness is gonna come in the form as they are kind to others. Maybe they need to reach out to their own mom or call their own mom or whatever the case may be, that, that God, they would reap some sort of return today, God, as they think outside of their own hurt, outside of themselves, God, and reach out. Maybe just love on a spiritual mom that they respect, a, a motherly figure in their life that they respect, that you would do some amazing healing today in Jesus' name. God, for all those that have had an amazing mom, amazing relationship, I just pray, God, that you would continue to encourage them to continue to honor, continue to celebrate and lift up all the moms in Jesus' name and all the women in their life. Father, I thank you that you are doing an amazing thing, not only in kingdom culture with the women in our house, but God, around the world, within the church, the global church, and in society. God, I pray that you continue, God, continue to raise up kingdom mamas in this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Can't wait to see you next week.